Hey, Adam. Yeah. Check it. Oh. Just the one chord then? Yeah. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you. Peter, we got to update some things because we changed that tagline so much. We changed it so much. I saw it on the podcast yeah. app a couple days ago. You know what it says? What? Jazz. Explained. Explained. Yeah. I know. That was that was, that was was a thing for a minute. For a second, we were explaining I jazz. I like rotating it. Now it keeps it fresh. Music coming at you, but we got to make a note. We should update that. Because I was confused. I was like, wait, aren't we music? Did he change it again? <laughs> that was good. We were playing over one chord, which we're, is a little bit of foreshadowing to the episode. Well, today. that's what this episode is about, is how do we play over just one chord? And right. there are some strategies that you can employ to make that happen. Well, judging on the intro, it is playing on more than one chord and adding some other chords. That, that is a little hint is for a you. big <laughs> part of it. Yeah. But that was generally, I mean, it was one chord area. We'll, that was just a B-flat 7 sus. Yes. Right? And we can do a ton of stuff to it. Oh, that's so, just a B-flat 7 sus. Oh, that's almost, it. Oh, <laughs> no. No, no, no. So this actually comes from a short... We're going to start I'm, an anti... We're, we're going to have a crusade. We've, hint, we've, we've talked about this before. We're going to be anti... <laughs> we hate to be... You know what? If if I'm not against something, what am I for? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make... I'll tell you what. I'm going to make a book. I'm going to write a book called It's Just Music Theory. And all, everything is just going to... Every chapter is... controversial is, Well, it's just... It's just this. It's That's just, right. Uh, but I made this short uh, all about sort of what to do on when you have like a long... Uh, one chord for a long time. And this can be actually not just, you know, vamping on one chord, but even in the context of like, what do you do if you have, you know, two bars... Two related chords? Yeah, like oh. a two five one even, but right. it's like two bars each. Like what right. if you do when the, when the changes are really stretched out? Right. Or even if it's just a bar each. One, two, three, four, one, three, four, one. Most musicians, and, and we'll speak specifically to pianists, they're not just playing those chords specifically. Right. Right? Well, most of the time, uh, not all the time, but a lot of the times we're implying or we're layering on top of that two five one, yeah. you know, which isn't now. Now we're talking about functional harmony. That's not just like some kind of modal D seven sus or B flat seven sus, you know, indefinitely. But really, what to do with these sort of like long form changes? It can work for things like the B flat seven sus, as we just showed. Yeah, and I think it's a really fun topic because to me, this is like when good players go to great, and I can see it in some of our students at Open Studio when they sort of figure it out that they can really add layers of harmony on top of the harmony that's yes. given to them, yeah. their playing goes from good to great. Like, yeah. Because it gives you all of this other material to pull from. So you're not just trying to, 
make something happen on F minor 7 for four beats. Make something happen. And it just turns out to be this one flavor. Right. When you start layering these substitutions, uh, which we'll talk about, all of a sudden you've got all of these different flavors that you can throw in, little tension and release points within the tension and release, and that's when, like I said, you go from good to great. Yep. Yeah. Reminds me of Baskin Robbins. Remember that place? 31. 31. 31. Why 31? If it was just vanilla (laughs) for two bars... Did you ever go to a birthday party when you were a young lad at, you You could host a birthday party for a certain price at a Baskin Robbins, which included the kids getting to go on the other side. Talk about the, the inmates running the asylum. I don't think I ever did. I did. That was that was a sugar fest. Letting kids a loose at a Baskin Robbins. <laughs> you could wow. go and scoop whatever, the toppings yeah. and stuff. It was oh, like crazy. 20 minutes. It was like 20 minutes you had. And it's like a game show. <laughs> like they said, it's like a game show. Like you win yeah. on Wheel of Fortune right. and you get 20 minutes in the Baskin Robbins. Right. But we're going to give you that kind of access to some ideas over just one, seemingly one thing that you do. Because I think the idea is, the way I like to look at this is, this is kind of, you talk about good to great. It's just kind of like next level going with your improvisation from just improvising over one scale, one chord, one area to being able to improvise potentially a whole nother set of chord changes or a whole nother harmonic zone, or maybe it's just a rhythmic or melodic zone, but like you're putting something on top of something else that's happening. You know, it's like you're reading the score and there's just one instrument and then all, and it has a rest and then something else happens on top of that. But this still keeps happening. Yeah. Right. But we're doing that all at the same time. Now we have a great opportunity as pianists to actually sometimes do that separately between the hands, link them up, abandon the left hand, three zones, whatever. But the idea is, from a conceptual standpoint, I think, is you are improvising, you are creating, you are you know, putting some turns to the journey, to the story, um, while the underlying harmony stays the same. That's and right. that's kind of next level in terms of improvisation. Because we always think about improvisation as, as primarily like melodic storytelling over a set of changes and maybe that's just one chord for a period of time maybe it's for the whole thing or maybe it's like two chords like so what or whatever but it's like okay improvise on top of that well what about if you could improvise a whole nother structure at least at times on top of that and melodically and rhythmically of course yeah improvise within that zone instead yeah that's exactly right what would that sound like luckily it doesn't have to like when we're talking about layering other harmony over chords i think you know, if you're not familiar with this, you might be thinking, oh, that's going to be like playing outside. Right. But Taking it, it out. <laughs> actually, it's not at all. In no. fact, it's going to sound very functional. And in fact, I forget who said it. Someone said everything is just the one, right? Everything is just delayed back to oh, home. That's just the one. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of my book. It's just the one, which is true. So if we're in the key of E flat here, which I'll use, right? Uh, the first place we want to go, we, we want to use really that magical circle of fifths to our advantage, right? So the most standard version of harmony that you can get is one five one, right? Ever heard of it. And that five is just our sort of first primary way, one of our primary ways to go from the one. Five's just a primary way. It's just a primary (laughs) way, right? And so when you have something like a two five one, this is actually, a two five one is what we're talking about here. This is taking it, you know, again, a step further. You're not actually going another circle, key circle away, but you're taking that, basically your five chord, if you think about it like this, uh, and this will be very reminiscent if you know anything about like Barry Harris's family of chords, but if you take this B flat seven and you move that uh, third up to the fourth, right? 
and you move the root up a step, right? Now you got a little F minor seven, yeah. right? And so it's this whole, you know, two, five, one is that mm. it's, it's some things moving and some things staying the same throughout. Yeah. So the two is actually, you are already suspending that, that five, which is you are already suspending the one, right? right? You just keep taking steps back. And you can even hear it. You can hear when it. You, when you put the, all the, the, the root of the one and one. Totally. That's the two. Right. That's the five same voicing. Sus. So a two chord is really just like a five suspended, and you're suspending the root. Yeah. You know, up a fifth or down a fourth, and you're suspending the third up that half step. And the five chord is really just the one suspended, right? You're suspending the third up to the four. And I love this idea of... And the, and the one up to the fifth. Like, it's everything is just, you're taking it, you know, around, yep. suspending everything and resolving it. And I love this idea of, you know, raising up the thirds, because like, the thirds is sort of like that basic building block. We have many different ways to like break down the diatonic, you know, E flat major two five that we're putting this two five one with now. But when you look at the thirds, major and not even major thirds, just diatonic thirds. That's the foundation of triads. That's right. You stack another one, and that's where all the interesting stuff is built off of. You know. Exactly. Go up to the four. It's just stepwise mo movement. Right. All of this stuff that's is really kind of stepwise movement or f or fourths and fifths, yeah. right? The very basic function. Okay, so let's when take this idea those two. of the two five. Now, if we have, let's say, just a lot of B flat seven, right? A whole bar of B flat seven. Instead of just playing B flat seven, if we're a, a pianist, right? Pianist. You a pianist. <laughs> you're not going to really a make piano. it a, a true two chord because you don't want to mess with the bass player too much. Although you could and see if they can pick yeah, it, it up. Who the bass player but is. you can sort of put this F minor seven over the B flat, right? Think about it like that. So this is really a B flat seven sus, right? But really what I think about this is some kind of F Dorian over that B flat and then the B flat. And this is all over like if you had a bar of B flat, one, two, three, and two bars of B flat. And then we, we resolve it. Maybe it's just one bar. One, two, three, and that kind of thing, right? So instead of just you add that sus, which I'm really thinking about as like an F minor, like a two yeah. chord over the B flat. Now, if you had two bars of that B flat seven, you could take it a step further. Just like if you had an F minor seven, you know, now you can do, you can go back another uh, step in that Aww, circle shit. of fifth. Party time now. <laughs> that E diminished, right? Yeah. Or that C seven, you're adding that dominant. So you can do that over a B flat as well. If you have a lot of B flat, you start sus, you do that E diminish, which is like the five Holy chord of the F minor, right? It's like a C seven flat nine, back to the sus, and then finally the dominant chord. Yeah. And then that is, I think, a surefire way to add all this tension to just one chord. So if you have that, especially for dominant chords, but even for minor chords, just taking it a step back. If you have F minor, you could even do this. You know, yeah. going back now two steps, right? So I'm going to do uh, like a B diminished, E diminished, F minor, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like F diminished, E diminished. It's like the five of the five. The five the of the five. You just keep taking yeah. steps back. And I mean, you can sort of do this infinitely because it sounds, because you have that chromatic voice leading of these dominant chords. Yeah, that's yeah. oh, great. 
And, and like when you start to look at those, it's like the same thing with the thirds moving around. They don't have to always be diatonic. Something's going to kind of, like a lot of times we'll think about these tension notes as specific, like leading tones away or, or you know, you know, half steps in and there. But when you add it with the thirds. That's right. Ooh. That really gives it some power. And then maybe even with some stacking up some thirds, you know. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but a lot of times people will be like, wait, that's just a different way of saying this. And that's true, but that's, a good thing That's because right. then we're hearing them in different ways. We're hearing them as thirds or we're hearing them as individual notes shifting down chromatically, or we're hearing them as the five of the five of the five of the two. You know, they're, they're all beautiful, cool ways to look at similar, really the same concept, but sort of manifesting it in different ways, training your ears to hear this stuff in different ways, which is super important. Super important. Yeah. That's great stuff. Yeah. So that's definitely something is that sort of magical circle of fists, just pulling back, right? Just taking steps back and timing it out so that you're resolving uh, in time. Another, I think, great way is something else we did a lot of on that intro. When you have one chord, this is so dumb, so simple, but literally just sliding it up or down a half step yeah. is magical somehow. Somehow yeah. it works every time. Well, it... it it depends on how you do it, though. Yeah, it works every time if you're doing it. If you know what you're doing with it. If you know yeah, what you're doing. Like, yeah. so it's a simple concept, and it's actually, like, if you, I think if you use the framework of, like, how does it sound? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then it's easy to do it, but you do have to experiment with it, because there are ways to kind of make this sound cookie cutter, right? Totally. Um, and so I think that's probably, like, less is more, or or not doing it, like, Use some unconventional ways to vary it as you're doing this. And so a lot of times we'll think, okay, so so maybe like, oh, I went up, so this time I'll go do down, and that's fine. But what about... So you could go and do it again. I'm just doing it rhythmically at a different place in the bar. That's right. A lot of times we'll think like like with these kinds of things, we get stuck on harmony and melody, but like rhythmic and, and rhythmic placement of it can be just as much of a variable. We've got all these different levers that we can push and playing around with it. And the rhythmic stuff is fun, like where it's being placed because it's generally easier to get into a place where you will start to kind of vary it based upon what you want to hear. Mm-hmm quicker than the harmonic and melodic stuff. So like you could come up with a simple melodic thing, but then to actually develop that takes a little bit more time and sort of musical attenuation. Patterns can help. Patterns can help, yeah. right? But I mean, like you could take a... Some kind of theme. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, for me to really start to change it up, like ryth rhythmic is the easiest entry point to actually do it, I think. Yeah. And it's important. And, and it's just another kind of element and lever that we have to mess around Works with. Works on pretty much any chord. Better on dominance and minor probably than like a major tonic, but it can work on a major tonic as well for sure. Right. Anything works on anything, honestly, if you know, if you are using your ears and it sounds good. Right. That's right. really all that matters. Um, yeah. And I think too, I was just thinking back kind of a combination of these things, it could certainly be rhythmic or I'm thinking more harmonic, but is like finding, because you talk about major, yeah, it's, a, God, it's very different than, than dominance when you're sitting on them, but finding the tension points, you know, is really important on dominance that's a little bit easier maybe to do that because like so even if it's even if it's a sus like this 
Like we know if we shift that up and then that down, that's going to give it some tension and take away. I mean, dominant chords have tension, but when you go sus, they have a little bit, or blues, they, they're kind of a resting point. They're not feeling like they're going somewhere else. To me, they feel more like, like a major chord, like they want to be somewhere. Yeah. So like over a major, we could be like, where's the tension? Like the Lydian can kind of be a tension. Totally, right? yeah. But the fourth can also be a tension. It's always going to have some tension because it wants to go down to there. That wants to go, but what about just playing around with those? The Lydian can be a, a point of tension to resolve. So if you have a major, and you're just going to play a regular major seven. Yeah. Going to that Lydian can definitely be a way to get out of your head on that. And you can go back. Right. Too. Same thing on a major, going to, like if you have a major tonic against C major, going to the tonic diminished. Right. And then, yeah, the yeah. tonic diminished, so C diminished, and then resolving back to and C And we're major. still staying over the same chord. Still, yeah. this will all be just C, right? Yeah. And then the triadic stuff. Yeah. So. Like, if you play around, so it's like E triad, D triad, which is kind of Lydian-ish, and then C triad. But for each of them, I'm adding in the fourth, so it's like... Because I yeah. know that's going to be like, whoa, what happened to the F sharp? And then maybe you play around with it back again. Yeah. So it's like little places you can slide in and out of and give, like, when you start to hear what these sound like, but not just as like, oh, I'm over C major and I'm tired of playing, so I'm, so I'm just going to be playing random notes, you know. But no, we're connecting with something that's very melodic. Yeah. Is that legal? On, if you have, especially on a major chord too, you can use a similar concept, but letting sort of these chromatic things help you. So like, sort of the bassy thing, the Oscar like create a, thing. create a progression over it. Right. You could also do something like off the fifth. Right. So with that bassy thing is is obviously like a C major, uh, D minor seven, E flat diminished, back right. to the C major, and you can go back down. You hear Oscar Peterson do this. Just using that as a way to resolve on itself when you have a big stretch of one tonic chord. Yeah. Another one I love on tonic. Oh, he go through like thirty chords on like the first oh. four bars of a blues. Yeah, he can do that, or or <laughs> even just one dominant like chord. Adding the dominant, I love that. He'll yeah. just throw in just here's the dominant wherever I want to add it. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah. he'll yeah. go to the four chord. Yeah, and add the dominant to that and go back. I love that stuff. Sucker for it. Another good one is from the fifth. Like using that fifth chromatic walk up, just when you have just C major. Right. Maybe you are going, yeah. yeah. You can keep going with it. You know or, what, a lot of this is, this is just, to give you a just, just yeah, this yeah. is really just like diatonic, all the different diatonic places you can go over C majors. Yeah, secondary dominance, essentially, yeah. This is just an Adam Manis 60 seconds short on YouTube. That's all it all is. All right. Well, that's what we're going to do next. <laughs> uh, no, but this is so much fun. I, I just encourage you, if you haven't worked on this, it's a really fun thing to work on. 
take one chord, take a minor chord for four bars and see if you can, again, take these steps back with the, the, the circle of fifths, see if you can uh, do some chromatic movements, see if you can do this sort of melodic, diatonic triad movement that Peter's talking about. Really just experiment with getting different sounds so it's not just one minor chord and all we're doing are the things we do on minor, but like you're really using all these tools to create tension on that chord. And yes. you can go through every chord like that and it's a really rewarding experience, I think. Super. So let's, why don't we both give, um, I'll kick it off, which will give me a great advantage, give an example of like recording or a tune or maybe even a tune that's recorded uh, of this kind of playing. Not these specific examples, but of like playing over one chord, really successful navigation. Of so the that. first thing that comes to mind is in a sentimental, in a sentimental mood, okay. right? So it starts off with this walk down here. This is all just D minor, really. But this is what... Right, we're adding tension to this D minor sound to the four yeah yeah totally and it does it again on the four chord yeah i think in a sentimental mood is a perfect example of that um uh, but really any you know you can think about too uh like uh well you give me one i, well, I just I had was one thinking and I was like on what i was thinking you know how they play on um uh what is it oh yeah perfect yeah Flamenco sketches. Yeah. And it's real subtle, like, because, I mean, you know, sometimes when people play this, myself included, it's like, like you can really, it, it's just C major, right? Yeah. Those first, like, eight bars or 16 bars, whatever it is. And there's a lot of tension in there, especially like the way, and not a lot of, like, there is tension in there, but it's very subtle, the way Bill Evans, and it's very much based upon those leading tones, fourth to third, major seventh up to the root like certainly the way he's voicing them and everything but the way that miles plays over the way everybody plays over those chords like because they're not always varying from you know like c major in fact miles yeah. i don't think hardly varies from any of the chords he's using of course like texture and timbre and like all these different cool elements but when they do because it's always a, like what if, where are you coming from where are you going situation when they do vary off of that diatonic thing it's super like, wow, exciting. Because it's so paced and patient the way that they're improvising over it. But I think that's just masterful one chord playing. And there's, there's just five chords in that. Yeah. I, I could, we could use Maiden Voyage as another example. Oh, yeah. So you hear both Herbie and Freddie imply this kind of movement. Moving that tone around and then changing the scale that they're playing. And that's just like the suspended fourth is the main one. And yeah, they'll right. use that sort of movement. The sus up to the sharp 11 that's and right. down to the actual third. Sometimes the even, I think, uh, we, we'll do a diminished thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But that's just, again, creating tension using these sort of functional things. Yeah, that's great playing all that. Oh, man. For, for, so one chord playing, specifically. One chord playing. But anytime you hear anybody do, like on a 2-5... That is what this is. Which you hear all the time. Or this thing. That's mm -hmm. just what this is. That's just adding that five chord. And then is it? That's, that's melodically what this is. Yep. Right? You're adding in. Yeah. You're adding in elements. You're borrowing a couple of elements from the five chord. Yep. 
Right. right. Essentially, he's just. But again, following that melody down. That's all it is. That line is what we're talking about. Let's play it out. What should we play it out with? You do a little, uh, do a little. 